Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Steve Nussbaum. This is episode 11, so we're 11 episodes in now. Thanks to everyone who's taken the time to listen so far. Some great listening figures, some great feedback. I'm really enjoying talking to family, friends, collating their fantasy music festivals, which I have christened a fan Fantastical. So let's introduce the guest on the 11th episode of the Fantastical podcast. He was well and truly my first real gig buddy. We have seen numerous Britpop pans together in the mid to late 90s and it's fair to say I was the rhythm to his lead in our very early days of learning the guitar. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the flow legend, the one and only Daniel Stone. Hello Steve, how you doing? How are you, mate? Very good, very, very good. No, thank you. First of all, thank you for um, letting me be lucky number 11. Uh, it's an awesome idea. Uh, I hope it takes over the world. <laughs> I hope you get to do this with the boss one day. Um, and no, it's a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant. So more than happy to be, yeah, to feel privileged to be on your podcast, if I'm honest. So uh, cheers. Mate, like I said before, one of my gig buddies the first gig buddy numerous gigs that we've been to together that i'm sure we will end up talking about later on in the podcast how's lockdown treating you it's uh yeah it's a bit it's a it's a bit weird if i'm honest yeah it's a bit weird for everyone um my kids are absolutely driving me completely bananas um (laughs) but um apart from that no it's it's uh, to be honest i'm just trying to be as productive as possible um, and just kind of make the most of being at home and um, getting back more into playing guitar because um, I had a bit of a bit of a stint of not playing because of the because of the bloody kids again and all that kind of stuff. It's just trying to fit it in. So actually, being at home has given me a bit more time to just focus on you know what are the right priorities I want to do in my life and you know you know what I want to do and stuff. So. So yeah, no, it's it's a bit of a reset, I think, for a lot of people. Um, so no, it's 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 been it's been interesting, and it continues to be interesting. <laughs> and you mentioned playing guitar, and again, we'll come on to that later. But I understand that you've got a lovely fortieth gift for your for your most recent birthday. Oh, I did. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think it's actually my sixth guitar. Um, so I basically bought myself a uh, electromatic Gretsch. In an orange um it is absolutely gorgeous it's a hollow body um based on a i think a chet atkins uh whatever year that was uh kind of like classic jazz guitar but it's i just the, the reason i always wanted to get myself a really cool 40th birthday present i just remember kind of being in when we used to you know go to denmark street um us guys looking at all the guitars and i, I can't remember the name of the guitar shop but it's i, I just remember that all these gretches hanging up and they they just i was just like wow what the hell are these these yeah. look super cool because like everyone was playing a strat or you know or i mean i, I got an sg as my first guitar that we uh that i, that I got from um from romford um back in the day but i did like no no one had a gretch it was like the you know, kind of a rare instrument from another country. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So, uh, it is. It, it plays incredibly well because it's hollow, so it's really light. Um, yeah, I, I, I love it. If I'm honest, so yeah, I kind of <laughs> want to get a whole fleet of them. <laughs> so, or, or maybe get the bass version. I've been looking at the bass version as well. So anyway, yeah, that would be that would be great. But um, yeah, lo- love my guitars. So for any listeners who don't know you before we start talking about your musical taste let's find out a bit about daniel stone so who is daniel stone what does he do what does he like who who is who is daniel stone wow that that's that's a big big question uh where do i start (laughs) (laughs) um where do I start? It's a good question. I don't know. In a weird way, maybe if I say I did a fine art and geology degree. Um, so basically, I, I kind of think there's like two sides to me. There's a kind of creative kind of let's make stuff up um, kind of art side of me, which I've always tried to try to push. Uh, and then there's the kind of more I don't know, kind of analytical kind of side of me with the kind of geology 
energy. So I've kind of got two two sides of how I think and how I work. Um, and kind of work-wise, um, I started doing loads of sound stuff and trained to be a sound engineer at one point um, and worked for a kind of a, a sound charity and stuff. But then uh, now I, I, I work in finance and I run... Uh, massive projects and programs which if I'm honest I absolutely love doing as well because running projects programs I'm like last my last role I was running a whole like 20 kind of programs with a with a a team of 10 people and doing some really cool stuff and now I'm developing a chatbot and doing some machine learning tools so it's working in projects you, you know you can work on you never know what you're going to do next. Yeah. Um, so, and it's great. And I, I love working with people. And one of the biggest things about working on projects is is the people. If you if you haven't got the people behind you and, and knowing what you want to do, so yeah, I'm quite quite a people person in that in that way, and want to just want to do the right thing and, and get stuff done, and you know, um, yeah, help people make things better, basically, which is kind of what the projects are all about. So, so yeah, do that. Um, then obviously guitar, all that kind of stuff uh, when I can. Um, I've got two kids, as I said before, uh, and obviously Lucy, who keeps me on my toes and all for <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I could, I, could, I could go on for ages. In a summary, that's me. So, that even though you've obviously not been on the podcast before, you have been mentioned before on the podcast. So Neil Slotnick referenced your band, your ex-band, The Flow, as his favourite yeah. ever gig. I think you've been mentioned numerous times about bootlegging Oasis tapes. Um, I don't even remember that. <laughs> at high school, um, yeah. I think Rich has spoken about the early jam days in his bedroom where me and you used to go around there. Uh, and we, we broke his porch because... Uh, <laughs> It was. It collapsed. His porch collapsed because of the uh, the amount of noise and and everything else. So uh, yeah, I don't know if you knew that, but I didn't. I think it's a, I think it's a true story. And Rich will testify. But yeah, I, I think we because um, he had his drunk kit near near the front of the house, so he, his porch collapsed. But anyway, yeah, great times. <laughs> no, they, were they were very 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 good times. So let's go into your music scene did so without giving away too much what what yep. kind of gets you going what are you into so i've kind of been on a bit of a musical journey from kind of when we started playing guitar and all the kind of the indie brit pop all that kind of stuff and then kind of move more into kind of rock kind of psychedelia stuff and then kind of jazz and blues and Funk, and now I'm kind of I'm kind of veering a little bit more into kind of electronica, and but but still with flavours of kind of rock and jazz and dub and those kind of things. So, if I'm honest, I'll listen to anything if it's got a good groove. And for me, it's I'm more into the the groove and the music than the lyrics. I've always been a, a kind of like writing the riffs and kind of you know making the music and then for me the lyrics come second it's it's all about the vibe and the the groove of it for me so um so yeah i've i've, I've kind of into anything that's got a good beat really i'm a, I'm a sucker for an amazing hi-hat and, a, and a, an amazing snare and a kick you know that's all i need <laughs> so if i'm honest keep it simple and basic like but, it um, but yeah like it what are you currently again no spoilers but what are you currently listening yeah, to yeah, yeah. is there anything so, recent so, that's so, floating your boat so, so interestingly, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of, well, I, I run a lot and I run probably I kind of at the beginning of lockdown, I was doing at least 100k uh, a month and I've kind of slowed down to been doing a bit of DIY and stuff uh, recently. But I, because I run a lot, I listen to a lot of different kind of music and Spotify is just like, is just meta. It's just, it's got everything in there. Um, but the stuff, I, the stuff I've put down that I, really floats my boat so there's a really cool band called Krungbin probably probably pronounced that completely correctly correctly but it's a uh, that's it Krungbin but anyway they're a, they're a trio from Houston Texas um, and they are um, it's kind of like soul dub psychedelia they've got some like Spanish kind of Middle Eastern kind of the guitarist there's hardly any, there's like virtually no vocals but the the drummer um well, I was just saying before about a really cool he- uh, hi hat and uh, well, uh, hi hat and um, and snare and stuff. That's the kind of like really stripped back, 
plays some. It sounds like a double bass. The way she plays, she's called Laura Lee. She, she's awesome. I've I've got a thing for female bassists anyway, but she's she's definitely up there. Um, and then the the yeah, the guitarist um, is is awesome. So I definitely highly highely recommend them. So how, Dan, um, how would you find it? What, how do you spell that? Because I I I can't tell if it's a K or a C. K H R U N B I N. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So if anyone wants to listen to them, that is how you spell it if you want to find it on Spotify. Yeah. Crongdon. Um, then uh, another band, another band I found uh, called Jungle. So oh, I know Jungle. The, uh, this is Soul Collective. Um, yeah, Tom and Tom and Josh. So basically, they were shy. So features a commercial one, um, but they got some amazing sounds. Um, like they're like sweeping sounds and some of the stuff is just it, I, I thought they were American to begin with I didn't even realise they were, they were English but yeah. they've got some incredible tracks um, so there's there's them um, uh, Bonobo been listened to a lot recently as well so tracks like Flutter um, so kind of anything with a good groove and then stuff like Bombay Bicycle Club Fortet I think um uh, Nicholson reference Fortet really like them and also John Hopkins as well same kind of thing so, um, Foles so just a, a real collection of stuff but when I'm running I want a bit of a beat yeah. and a bit of a groove so that's why I kind of tend or like field music or uh, public service broadcast those kind of things so in that kind of genre but then also um, uh, who else have I written down other people like um, Tame Impala. I mean, they are flipping awesome. Like amazing psychedelic rock. You know, run for miles. To them. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah. I mean, like tracks like Elephant, Let It Happen. Um, yeah, that that kind of stuff is is awesome. But also, actually, it's funny because um, when I was listening to Nicholson's podcast, all I listen to at home is BBC Two Radio Six. So Tom Ravenscroft, Lauren Laverne, Gideon Coe. The Huey Show, Craig Charles, Funk and, Show, uh, Funk and Soul on Saturday. I'm always listening to that. That's like my mm. go-to. And and the reason is because they're so eclectic. Everything that they play, because you've got so many different kind of DJs doing so many different kind of things. I just get to like hear some amazing sounds. I mean, there's a there's a really cool track by someone called um, Anna Meredith called Paramore. It's Mental. It like builds and builds and builds. It's an incredible track. I'm not really sure I really like any of her other stuff, but this blew me away. And I wouldn't have heard it if I hadn't have been listening to Radio Six. So it's, it's stuff like that that you just don't get to hear. But it's you know really collated, really thoughtful you know, um, kind of tracks that are coming out. So yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff that I I'm listening to at the moment. Really cool, really cool bands mentioned there. Again, Fortet been mentioned before, Foles, uh, Film Music. It's really, really good eclectic stuff there. And Tame Impala, I think, will get selected as a, one of the five acts sooner rather than later on a Fantastival. Um, they were very close, if I'm honest. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I do have a five written down for you, which we'll come on to uh, very shortly. But I'm guessing that one the bands that you've mentioned weren't actually the first record that you bought. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's slightly embarrassing. So the the first records I remember buying are actually two CDs, and God knows why I bought them. But it's slightly embarrassing. But I bought I bought Sting's album Ten Summers Tales, and I also bought Enya's album with with Orinoco Flow on. <laughs> <laughs> Sting isn't too bad. Sting isn't bad. I know. So so the, so the reason. So the reason I, I I kind of got into Sting is because and like my first and my first real musical memory when I was like when I really kind of thought about the power of music was so my mum was a massive um, fan of the Police uh, amongst other, lots of other kind of bands um, I simply read other bits and pieces but I remember the Police and that it blew me away because I remember standing in the kitchen and she put on. Uh, kind of police greatest hits in in the living room, and we had, we had in the kitchen had these little little doors that you could like like little serving hatch, and they were open. And I was standing in the kitchen, and I felt that Stuart Copeland was playing drums in my living room. I was, <laughs> I was I genuinely I was blown away. I I never forget that feeling of like 
because it was uh, maybe it was just the sound maybe it was because the way it was recorded yeah. or something about it but I mean he's an incredible jazz drummer yeah. but it, it I just blew me away that I, and I can still remember that now that, that, that moment that experience of listening to that where I was I think that's the thing about music it's, it's, it's all about memories for me and there's stuff that I'll kind of how I picked my bands is because of memories yeah. so that's they're kind of like intrinsically linked for me um, but yeah so uh, yeah embarrassingly Sting and Enya were my two my first two CDs that I remember buying I probably bought other stuff before that but I can't remember that at all <laughs> mate that's nothing to be ashamed about this is a sharing collective indeed, experience indeed it is yeah. <laughs> so obviously we're here tonight to collect your fantasy festival we've been to many festivals together what what do you remember indeed. from your first festival so so do you remember top of the pops weekend 96 oh yes i do i've got that written down so for later was, yeah go on uh, okay so this this was um this was bjork cast cooler shaker sleeper ocean color scene and Terrorvision. so this this was um this I, I i mean i remember that gig that we were at it was it was absolutely amazing i felt like i was in heaven um because all of the bands, I mean, I was a massive Cooler Shaker fan at the time, and I know you were massively into cast. Um, and actually, I was really into Bjork, but I didn't really, didn't re- I, I kind of liked her, but I, I, to be honest, I don't remember seeing Bjork. Um, massive Sleeper fan, because um, Louise Winner is, is pretty pretty hot back then as well. And obviously, she was <laughs> well um, And obviously, Ocean Colour Scene, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're still going, aren't they? They're still yeah, doing, they're still the going. Yeah, they're still going. like, tour like 3000 or something but I think it's a different um, ocean colour scene from what we would remember I think the two I think Simon Fowler and Steve Craddock are still in it still in the band but I'm not sure Oscar or the I think Damon the bassist but I I remember this gig because it was just me and you this was in a pre-phone world so there there were no (laughs) mobile phones and I don't know you probably you must remember this and Sleeper were on first and we, we this was in the days where we used to like to jump about and go a bit mental and we were quite near the front and I can't remember what Sleeper started with and as soon as the beat kicked in... I remember this now. I went yeah. one way, you went the other way and I didn't see you again till the next Monday at school. Yeah, I, you know what? Bizarre. <laughs> as you started retelling that story, I remember that moment where we kind of like just, you know, it's like the, the, the sea parted yeah. and it was like, okay, enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, it was one, it was one of those where we didn't even conceive what was about to happen. Um no, and it all no, went mental. But like you said, Sleeper were great. I remember this vividly, Cooler Shaker, Tatva had just come out. Yeah. Hey had just been released and Hey Dude I think was playing on the radio. They were great. Yeah. Like you said, I was massively into cast. Terrorvision, who I didn't know much about, were absolutely awesome. Um yep. Ocean Colour Scene, who I think we'd seen at Nebworth a couple of weeks before. I think, Indeed. if I remember rightly. Um, and in Bjork, who I must confess, I left after Ocean Colour Scene because I had no interest in seeing Bjork, which I kind of regret um, a yeah. little bit around that period. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, that was that was one of my one of my memories. Obviously, it's got to be Nebworth Oasis because that was just one of the, the biggest gigs. You know, that was, that was mm. what it all kind of culminated to. So, yeah, that was just a seminal point um when you know we started playing got the um you know the uh, oasis tab and it was like oh if we put our fingers there maybe we can kind of play one of those songs and then yeah. it, somehow we managed to do it and then you know then we were at nebworth watching oasis which was this which was just huge and then you know nun's dad picking us up on the way home so it was uh yeah yeah, a bunch of 16-year-olds who couldn't drive, who completely, again, underestimated the volume of how big the day was going to be, realised they couldn't get back into Stevenage or Nebworth Station, and then had to call their mate's dad to pick him up at three in the morning from absolutely nowhere, again, in a pre-mobile phone world, which is mental. Indeed. And I mean, it, there was there was so many thousands of people, I don't know how he found us. It was like, yeah, we'd buy a roundabout. It's like, yeah. okay, fine, find us. It's yeah. just absolutely crazy, but yeah, I just remember, yeah, it was. I mean, that was the first proper huge gig that you know we'd been to, which was you know it would always stand out. And I don't remember too many other. I think I think you've mentioned this before on the on your podcast, but I know, I'm, I'm a massive. I, I probably should have said um, Chemical Brothers as well because I think they played, didn't they? Mm. 
Yeah, and I'm, I, I listened to Chemical Brothers loads. They, they were very close to making my top five, actually. Oh, wow. I think they're, they're, they are unbelievable, and they're, they just keep recreating. They're, you know, they're just artists, you know, so, so they're, they're huge. So I'm gutted that I didn't really properly listen to them, and we were so fixated on Oasis. Um, and then, yeah, then V96, so the very first V. So I remember going to that. And um, yeah, that was that was fantastic. That was awesome. And then went to a few more V's at least after that. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant stuff. A lot of people have trouble with the next question or can't give me a definitive definitive answer. But do you have are there any favourite gigs for you that stand out? Um, oh, that's really hard. That's I mean, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get on. I'll get on to them because there's a few. There's the reason I've chosen a couple of my acts is because of because I've seen them right. live. So there isn't there isn't one seminal gig that I'm like, wow, that was, um, yeah, not not yeah, not that I can say yeah that yeah. But I guess you well, are. Nebworth was obviously a massive massive kind of point in my life. So um, yeah, that that was a massive big deal. And there's yeah. The only other gig that I have written down that we went to that always stands out for me was Ocean Colour Scene at Brixton Academy, which was the first time that I went to a gig with my friends. And I remember it was me, you, Mark Vigon stands out, Paul Nunn, and there were yeah. two others, James Ryan, again, who gets another mention on the Fantastical podcast. Um, and that was the first gig where I realised that you could go with your mates and having seen Bon Jovi at like a stadium and Brian Adams yeah. in an arena, to go to Brixton Academy and have and go to the front as a 15-year-old kid who just wanted to, again, jump around and have a great time, and for them to play like le- no less than 10 feet away from you was quite a, a big changing moment in my little little world at the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like, Brixton Academy is just is just an incredible venue as well, so yeah, and we, we've been there loads. Of- Do you remember my gig jumper? Yes, which you lost. <laughs> I've lost it about four times. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But it was like almost like my, my lucky gig jumper, which I was always very unlucky with. But yeah, I just remember having that all the time. But yeah, no, good times. Great times, great times. So I think it's time to explain how the Fantastical Podcast works for those who haven't listened before. So Dan will be collating his fantasy festival. He is going to choose five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full and an encore, which all five acts will perform together at the end of the Fantastival. So essentially it's very, very easy to understand. Five acts take five time slots. So for example, in the last episode of the Fantastival podcast, we had Ross Embleton on. He christened his Fantastival, the mystery of sound, and he had Amy Winehouse in his opening slot. In his super second slot, he had Jamiroquai. In his midway master slot, he had UB40 playing their seminal Labour of Love album. In his pre-headline slot, Ross chose Lionel Richie. And for his headline slot, at half eight to 11, Ross chose DJ Luck and MC Neat to finish off his fantastic with a garage set and for the encore win for Saturday Love. So a massive thank you to Ross for coming on. I'm also gonna give a shout out to Ross's daughter, Poppy, who is in year six, about to go into year seven, who sent me a photo of her Fantastival that she's collated. So Poppy Embleton becomes the youngest Fantastival collator. She has collated the pop cert to take place in Wollstone Manor, and she has chosen five acts, the first being Adele, who's gonna play one of her albums. Super second slot, Poppy has gone for Ella Henderson. In her Midway Madness slot, Poppy has gone for Anne-Marie. Pre-headline slot, Poppy's chose Lizzo. And for Poppy's headline slot, she has chosen Amy Winehouse. So a massive thank you to Poppy for collating her pop cert. And again, that's how easy it is. Five artists from any era to get your Fantastival underway. Dan, I have five names on my list that I've predicted for you. I think I might get one out of five tops. <laughs> tops, I think. Um, so very important question. And first up... What are you going to name your Fantastival? So I was a bit gutted when Rich kind of did his podcast because he kind of nicked my idea. So I'm obviously going to call it Stonefest. Absolutely, as you should. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it, Stonefest. So, so this is the other thing. There is no tagline. 
there is there is nothing. It's it's, it's stone fest. That's you, what you see is what you get on the tin. I could, the other reason is I couldn't actually come up with anything. But um, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I'm calling it stone fest. If you want to be there, you don't need to have a tagline. So okay, so there's no tagline. We'll still make a flyer up because that's a nice thing to do after. Indeed. But on indeed. the flyer, there's no tagline. It's plain and simple. It's Stonefest. It does what it says on the tin, a bit like Ron Seal. <laughs> so before we get talking about your five acts and the ones who missed out, where is Stonefest yep. being held? So again, you can hold it anywhere you like. It could be a garden, it could be a park, stadium, recreational ground, an academy, anywhere in the world. So Dan, where are you taking us for Stonefest? So this, so this, is, a, this is a really difficult question because like, we just talked about Bridgeton Academy, you know, it's a fantastic venue. And then I was thinking, yeah, but, you know, wouldn't it be great to kind of be outdoors somewhere? And then kind of hearing Andy's podcast, I was like, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't mind saying around the corner. And I thought, mm, maybe not. And then I you know, obviously listened to Ned's and I was like, actually, you know what? I'm going to go a bit crazy and go overseas as well. So we're going to Iceland and we're basically going to where I proposed to my wife, which is uh, by the double waterfall, um, which is Golfus. So it's an incredible um, landscape being in Iceland because you've got the plate tectonics, you've got geysers, you've got, uh, yeah, it's, it's all the volcanoes. It's absolutely incredible. And obviously with the ice and snow, um, but it's when we went there, we actually went there in April and um, around near my birthday. <laughs> and it was, we, we were in kind of shorts and t-shirt almost um, and it was it was fantastic so I was thinking you know what wouldn't it be bloody awesome just all go to Iceland and have the gig with the double waterfall in the background I love it I love it so another country ticked off the list for the Fantastival so we're going indeed to Iceland <laughs> for the Stonefest loving this so far so before we get cracking with your five acts I know you mentioned a few acts obviously when you're talking about who you've been listening to are there any other acts before we go through your five who almost made your list but have just missed out um to be honest we could be here all night <laughs> <laughs> and I was really thinking about collating a massive list and I kind of did collate a massive list and I was like I mean you know like Bowie or Prince or the Beatles and I was like those really big names and all that kind of stuff and then I just thought you know, it, I, yeah, like I said, I could be here all night. So let, let's let's crack on with the five. Oh, I like and then, it. Uh, and go from there. Yeah, I like it. Bowie, Prince, and the Beatles still yet to be in anybody's lineup. I can't believe eleven episodes in, and that not one of those acts has been chosen. So yeah. let's do it in. So Stonefest, we've sold it out. We've not put any tagline in the flyer, but it doesn't matter because we've sold it out anyway. Dan, tickets Please. have flown out. Record sales. Everyone's gone to Iceland. We got on the plane. We're in our shorts. We're in our T-shirt in Iceland. It's incredible. It's two o'clock on the big day. So, Dan, who is opening the Stonefest? So, so the first band... So, your your theme music reminds me of the outro to this band song, Where Angels Play. <laughs> so, it's got to be Stone Roses opening. Fantastic. I, I, I'm one for one because I had Stone Roses on my list for you. So I'm happy with yeah, that. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it had to be Stone Roses. So obviously, kind of, Manny's going to come out, do his bass thing for I Want to Be Adored. Thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be. It, yeah, that's how it all starts off. And actually, what I should say, yeah, just rewind slightly. So when I, when I, so this is the other thing I was thinking about when I go to gigs and why I love going to gigs. And it's also the anticipation. Right, so what what I'm going to do is I'm going to fly all the Radio 6 DJs to Iceland as well. And they're going to do, like, the warm-up. Yeah. And they're also going to be the DJs between all of the bands. So that you've got loads of other kind of music going on, like I talked about before, because they're so eclectic. So I'd have, you know, I don't know, Lauren Laverne kind of, like, do the, do you know, do her set before Stone Roses comes on and then there'll be another one after Stone Roses. So, yeah, just, just to put that in because I think, yeah, it's, it's having that music before and that anticipation. I probably haven't built it up in the right way because I've just given the game away. <laughs> but anyway, 
I can't read my notes, basically. But yes, so we're going with Stone Roses, Manchester's finest. Um, I uh, yeah. So so how how I got into Stone Roses is Jimmy Ryan. Um, so I was mad into the indie scene, as you well know. You were part of that as well, and I remember listening or hearing all of these different tracks, and I was like. I love these. I've got no idea who they are. And I remember Jimmy saying to me, oh, yeah, yeah, it's this band, this band. And I'm like, what are they called? What are they called? And I remember going around to his... I remember sitting in his... Because he used to live down the bottom of my road. I remember sitting in his front living room in, in a chair, like a wing-back chair or something, and he put on um, kind of a Stone Roses, like greatest hits kind of thing. And I was like, it, it just blew me away because I was like, oh my God, Stone Rose have done all of these tracks and I love all of them. Like, this is just amazing because I'd never really found a band that I was like kind of slightly obsessed with. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was, you know, quite obsessed with Oasis, but kind of Stone Rose is when I kind of realised who they were and what they did. Um, and I, because learning, you know, learning guitar, like, Squire had a massive influence on on me. I, I even really sad, but I even had I don't know where it was from, but a little black and white um, like enemy cutout of Squire with his hair. That's like, that's the other thing. Like I grew my hair. I had a Jufro basically trying to be Squire. <laughs> it went horribly wrong, but I was like, this guy is amazing. And I remember I got a. Um, it might actually it might have been. Um, I might have borrowed it off of. Jimmy Ryan again. Um, it was there was a gig, the Blackpool Empress Ballroom uh, video in ninety eight. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, eighty nine, and it was just unbelievable. Um, I remember watching that, watching that with with Jimmy, and just trying to play along to it really badly. Um, but um, yeah, they just. I mean, they've got some incredible tracks. I mean, obviously, there's Falls Gold, there's Waterfall, One Love. Uh, something's burning. I you know, want to be adored. Love spreads, and all the whole second coming album is absolutely incredible. But then there's, but then uh, this is a little bit of a shout out to uh, to Driver Twenty One with with me and Andy. <laughs> so the, so begging you when that when I heard begging you on um, when, yeah basically when I heard it I was like holy crap the Stone Roses have gone even more incredible that they've done a dance track with backwards guitars and that's basically why I, I, what I wanted to do with Andy and that's why I broke his chaos pad trying to do, <laughs> trying to do some music because I was like wow if we can kind of like blend this stuff together and obviously we didn't obviously make a begging you style thing but that was the kind of thing I had in my head that wouldn't that be awesome and then obviously Stone Roses they came back a bit they had All For One Beautiful Thing great track Beautiful Thing um, but also I saw them when they reformed in Heaton Park so um, that was an amazing gig went with um, some of my old uni mates and we went up to Manchester stayed overnight and then went down with all the, the beanie hat wearers and yeah it was just just listen to those tracks live and they I think their Fool's Gold version was like 10 minutes or something it was just it was just incredible like to hear that was just I was just blown away and you know Manny's awesome Rennie fantastic drummer um, I'm a big uh, Primal Scream fan so big shout out to Scream Adelica yeah. um, which is what you know Nicholson had so yeah Prim Primal Scream were maybe going to feature but to be honest um I was thinking of just bringing them out to just do a bit of Screamadelica because Manny's there, but, you know, could have been in the rules a little bit. <laughs> um, and then maybe Ian Brown does uh, a little bit of solo stuff because I love Fear, F-E-A-R, awesome track. That is a great that's, track, that's very clever. I'm more, in, more into the lyrics. That, I mean, that track is incredible. Um, and then obviously Squire being an incredible artist um, with seahorses and everything else. But yeah, so it's got to be the Stone Roses to kick it all off, being, being Stonefest. What a great opening act that's very apt I never put the Stone Fest with the Stone Roses either so a great a great opening act there to the Stone Fest so the Stone Roses take the opening slot and we'll be playing from 2 till 3 so we're now at half past 3 it's time for your super seconds act so Dan who 
is coming out next. So, this is someone I have probably seen, but didn't. I think maybe it's a bit like your Bjork that we were talking about before. Because actually, they played the, uh, or he, he played the, should I say, um, the 97. Um, and I am super gutted because he was playing in Brixton just this month and it's been postponed till next year and I was absolutely gutted when I was amazed when I managed to get tickets and then absolutely gutted when <laughs> obviously I was told yeah you've got to wait another year for it so my my act is Beck so I'm a massive massive Beck fan have you seen Beck before? so this is the thing I cannot remember <laughs> I, I know they played. I know he played V, and he may well have played some other festivals we were at. But I was never, never into Beck no. um, as much as I am now. But to me, he is—he is like one of those artists that is unbelievably adaptable. His his music kind of ranges from like folk, funk, soul, hip hop, electronica, country, psychedelia. It's just—it's just absolutely amazing. Um, so I listen to a lot of that, a lot of his stuff when I'm running as well, because he's got so much like light and shade, and then some really funky stuff like Dreams and Wow, where it's at, Up All Night, E Pro is awesome. Like the video is, I mean, the other thing is as well, all the videos are like absolutely incredible because it's not just it's not just the music, it's the kind of the art, it's, yeah. it's all of the, the the imagery and everything that goes with it. I, I, I absolutely love. It's kind of like the, you know, the MTV kind of, you know, make it big and bold and all that kind of stuff. And it's, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm a massive, massive Beck fan. But one of the other things that I, and I, I think I just, I did a little bit of research, but I um, I thought that I'd, so let me take a little step back. So when we used to go to the Shannon for years and years and years and years and years, I was always trying to find the indie venue. And, <laughs> And I finally found that indie venue through through none, because and we used to call these two guys Noel and Liam, who we used to work with at Tesco. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Who, 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 they had the haircuts. They were they were super cool, and they always used to go to the island in Ilford. And I remember um, we managed to go, and. I was like in cloud nine. I was like, this place, I've like died and gone to heaven. This is amazing. And I thought that I heard New Pollution and I went mental. So, you know, Beck's New Pollution, amazing, amazing track. Um, but then I realised the island closed, I think it's. I think it was like in 90, 96 or something. It closed before we really started getting exactly. into the clubbing. Yeah. New Pollution, I think, was released in 97. So actually, I think the track was... Blurs, there's no other way uh, <laughs> that I went mental to. So that for me, like that, that if I hear that when I'm on the dance floor, I would just go. If I'm not on the dance floor, I'm definitely on the dance floor. So that kind of, and that's what I mean by kind of nostalgia of kind of like remembering something and then trying to figure out where I was, who I was with, what was going on, what was that music, and what was the vibe, and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I remember the island, Nilford. Actually, the island, I was thinking about hosting it in the island um, at one point. But, um, yeah, considering I only went there once, I don't know, I can't remember what the acoustics are like, <laughs> what, you know, all that stuff, but anyway. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, so Be Beck is my number two. Great choice um, there. Yeah. Great choice. I've seen Beck live, mate. I've seen Beck with Andy. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw him at Shepherd's Bush. And for the last 20 minutes, he had like a puppet show. <laughs> and the puppet show was a puppet of him and his band. When they were, And the puppet show was front stage centre and his band were behind the puppet show. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> he was great. He was great. So I hope... This is what I mean by him being... He, he's an artist. Like, he's just... The stuff he comes out with is just, he's just incredible. Yeah, really good. Really good. And again, like you said, he's been going for so long now. He's been going for at exactly. least... And he's, he's just adapting to all these different different ways. You know, he's, he, he's brilliant. He's, he's a complete innovator. I hope he comes to Brixton Academy next year and I hope he rocks your socks off. Um, Indeed. Based on what you've said. Fingers crossed that one happens. So Beck plays in your super second slot from half three till half four. So we reach five o'clock. We reach the midway point of the Stonefest. So great first, 
two acts. Dan, who's taking your midway madness slot? So this was really, really tough because I knew the first two acts, I knew the last two acts, and I've been racking my brain and trying to figure out. But um, so this, this, this is um, so what I was talking about before in terms of one of the bands that I've seen, or um, yeah, one of the bands I've seen. Um, I I was kind of blown away by the fact that I got to see this person and and his live act. Um, and this, I, I also saw him with uh, with Jimmy Ryan again. Um, and I saw this this incredible performer, although he was incredibly old at that time, um, at the Ocean in Hackney in two thousand and one. So it's going to be Soul Brother Number One. It's going to be James Brown. Oh, great call. So for me, kind of when I was saying at the beginning, like for me, having the hi hat, the snare, and the kick, like. That just that funk, that breakbeat is like it just gets me hooked. So when I saw him, he had he had two drummers, he had two bassists, he had four guitarists, amazing backing vocals, and just the the energy. I mean, he was I think he was almost like like around seventy ish. Yeah. I mean, he still had it, but again, it, it's all about the groove and the vibe. And it was just the place was just on fire. It was, and it kind of. Um, Remember, like listening to Dave's podcast, like just the feeling of like having a good time, and that you know, with with the acts that he he kind of um, put forward, it's the same kind of thing for James Brown with me. That a massive kind of funk, rare groove, soul, northern soul fan as well. So I was thinking, who who can who kind of epitomises all of that kind of that kind of sound that I really love. I've kind of got like Stone Roses being the indie stuff. I've got Beck being the alternative got James Brown being like the, you know, the funk and soul brother. Um, so yeah, for me, I mean, it's just, it just, you know, you just look at his back catalogue, you know, you know, the payback, say it loud, Papa's got a brand new bag, you know, get on the good foot, you know, it's amazing. His, his back catalogue is just unbelievable. Um, so yeah, so when I really thought about it, I was like, it's a no brainer. He's it, got to be in there. Amazing that you saw him as well. Amazing that you got to see yeah, him. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I was just so lucky that we actually got to see him. Yeah, brilliant. So James Brown makes his first appearance on the Fantastical podcast. A great shout there, absolutely great shout. Like you said, so many great tracks from James Brown. I, first time I saw James Brown was living in it, living in America, Rocky Four, and I was like, this guy's amazing, and he's like massive blue suit and shaking all over. Amazing, <laughs> brilliant. So James Brown takes the Midway Madness slot. He plays for an hour so we now start moving towards the headline act so half past six now two acts left to go so Dan who is going to play at half past six in your pre-headline slot Led Zeppelin <laughs> that's it Led Zeppelin very apt they were on my list so I'm two for, I'm two for four yeah, so far exactly I mean it's, it's got to be I mean you, you know you can't you can't have a you, they, they just could, they could not not feature basically. I mean, they're, they're, they're just one of the greatest bands of all time. I mean, you know, you've got you've got musicians at their greatest. You know, making some of the greatest music ever made. It, it's just it's incredible. I mean, I, I, I don't know where to start. If I'm honest, um, I mean, some of their tracks are incredible. I mean, I, I absolutely like love Ramble On. Like it's um, it's just such like again, it's the kind of light and shade as well that they they're able to do that and not just go mental with like immigrant song and you know a whole lot of love, but stuff like ramble on kind of the softer side and then the rocky side. Yeah, it, it's just and the storytelling within it as well. I mean, absolutely amazing. And actually, um, one of my mates Tim sent me. Um, there's a guy called Rick Beato. Yeah, um, he does. He does like some. He, he's a really great musician, but he does. Um, what makes this song great? And mate Tim sent over um, a little video on Ramble On, and he basically dissects the hell out of it. And it's—I mean, I, I, I can't read music, but you know, and some of the theory he was talking about was, um, you know, beyond me in terms of stuff. But the way the way he was kind of like saying how how it was constructed, and you know, the, the baseline within it, what John Paul Jones does against Page, and then the kind of the bottom kind of tapping it's just amazing it's really really good and it, Rick's awesome as well in terms of like dissecting stuff and you know doing 
tutorials and everything else. But yeah, Led Zeppelin just had to be there. It, they just had to be. And actually, I've got a... Um, I remember I, I've been to Barcelona a couple of times, but I remember this one time I was, um, I was there and there was a little market and I was looking through some like seven inch singles and they had they had a whole lot of love but in Spanish <laughs> it was a Spanish cover so it's like um, you know um, a really yeah. yeah exactly exactly that so I, I've got a, a seven inch of a whole lot of love um, with a Spanish cover so I've got that in my collection although I don't have a rep- player but even so i was like wow i've got a leg zeppelin i've got something on vinyl this is led zeppelin isn't this amazing but yeah i mean i just i mean they were a massive influence when i was in the flow um you know as other as you know as, as everyone else has kind of you know spoken about um you know dave and richie you know the, and, and actually the fact that dave mentioned the bbc sessions that, with the white cover and the four images on it like that that blew me away that album is incredible like there's some incredible stuff and like thank you is you know what dave mentioned as well like it's an amazing amazing track i mean they they can just do no wrong basically in my eyes they're just everything they produced apart from like jamaica um that track was a bit weird um, <laughs> but um yeah they, they've got some fantastic i mean they you know just, just absolute stormers of tracks so um yeah they had they had, they had to be him they're like, fun they're a funny act i think led zeppelin for us because i don't remember anyone as a teenager liking led zeppelin and i don't completely. know when it struck with us it must be like mid early mid 20s and then suddenly like you just heard a lot more of their stuff and then everyone was hooked yeah on yeah, like this weird, band from it? the 70s yeah it's weird because yeah completely we just we they just they just weren't part of our oh. musical listening journey. Well, they were part of the journey, but they weren't. They weren't within it at the beginning. It was just more about Oasis and Cast yeah. and Blur and Cooler Shake and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I think maybe as we got more into kind of what guitaring can actually yeah. do, you know, and how how to play and not just to use you know, C. And G all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it showed you what could be done on a guitar. Yeah, great. Great point. Very valid point. notes on the on the guitar. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're, they're... Really good. Hello. You still well with us, Dan? Yeah, I'm still with you. You just, you just cut out there a little bit. Perfect. All right. So Led Zeppelin take your pre-headline slot. A fantastic band who are going to rock for an hour and a half. So they're going to take us through to eight o'clock. So now we go on to half past eight. It's time for the headline act. So we're going to have two and a half hours to close the Stone Fest. So Dan, who is going to headline your fantastical? It's got to be the the greatest guitarist that's ever lived. It's got to be Mr. Jimi Hendrix. It has to be. Great shout. Great shout. Tell us more about Jimmy. Why Jimmy? Yeah, so so that's the thing, kind of like playing, you know, playing guitar and trying to understand how to play the guitar. You know, you, you, you cannot not know Jimi Hendrix and the, the most amazing you know, sounds that comes out of his guitar. I mean, I remember my mum always used to say, you know, you can tell a good guitarist by, you know, it sounds like they're talking to you. And, you know, the, the sounds that he would make were just unbelievable. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think, um, I think he, he, he asked to jam with, um, with Clapton and Cream at one point and played Killing Floor and he completely nailed it. And like Clapton was just blown away by him because everyone was like, Clapton's gone. And then who's this kid just come along, you yeah. know, from across the pond and, you know, just playing this incredible music. Um, so, yeah, he's just, I mean, you know, it's just like Led Zeppelin are incredible. Hendrix is incredible. He's got a huge back catalogue, um, obviously. And, you know, amazing gigs that like, obviously, the Woodstock was incredible. Fillmore East. Um there's just there's so many tracks, you know, just the usual, you know, the, obviously, the, you know, Hey Joe, Little Wing, Gypsy Eyes, Wait Till Tomorrow, you know, it's just amazing, Voodoo Child, is just amazing stuff, but also, he did loads of covers, so this is where, 
you know, I was thinking, you know, kind of bend the rules a little bit, but, you know, he did an amazing coverage, going to be good. Um, obviously, all along the Watchtower, Dylan's version, but obviously his, his own version. Sunshine as you love, uh, you know, cream track, so I'd get, I'd get, you know, Clapton out to kind of play with, um, with, uh, with Hendrix on that. You know, it just, to be honest, any, anything that he plays, is just, it's just incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I, I could watch him for well over two and a half hours, if I'm honest, because it's just mesmerising. Great choice, great choice. Jimi Hendrix is selected as the headliner of the Stone Fest. So before we come on to your encore, Dan, who's going to play an album in full, and what album is going to be played? So this is, this this was a really really tough question. So therefore, I'm giving the vote to the public. So the idea is. When you sign up and you get your ticket, um, you get given a, uh, a link to a website for Stonefest, and these four, these five artists, all of their albums are on there, and you get to vote as the public. Um, <laughs> mainly again because I, I couldn't choose because there's just so much stuff on there. Uh, the artists on the night they don't know um, who you know who's going to be selected and what album. But it's down to the public um, to, to vote on that because it, 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 there's just too much. There's too much greatness in those five acts and the albums that they did to kind of for me to possibly decide. Are there any albums that you're going to nominate though? So obviously Stone Roses, I presume, would be Stone Roses. Yeah, exactly. Stone Roses. I mean, then at the same time, I put Second Coming in there. They only did two albums, so it's yeah. kind of like. You know, it'd be them. Um, you know, Led Zeppelin, every single album. This is this is this is the problem. <laughs> All right. So, so when people go in, they can select yeah. any album by the yeah, eyes. There's not. They'll, they'll see every album that right. those five artists have actually <laughs> created. <laughs> and then it'll be down to public vote. Okay, I'm with you now. I'm yeah. with you now. Diff- different. It'd be interesting to see who would. Um, what? Well, this is the thing. I like it. Exactly. I like it. A first yep. for the fantastical being thrown open to the public. Indeed. Dan is a man of the people and he'll let the people I, uh, vote. <laughs> let the people decide. <laughs> so one thing, and the last one, mate, you can't get out of, is selecting yes. the encore. So the encore is a song that all five acts will come out and perform together at 11 o'clock. It can be any song ever recorded in the world. So Dan, what is your encore going to be? So, so this this was ridiculously tough. Yeah, this is again. Yeah. And I was I was very tempted to do public vote again, but I thought no, that's a massive cop out. But as I was listening to a lot of Hendrix stuff, um, there's an amazing track called Easy Rider. I don't know if you know it, but it's it's I wouldn't say it's an obscure track. If you know it, you know it. If you don't, you don't. But I absolutely love it, and it sounds so fresh and current even now. And it's got an incredible kind of like driving bass like walking bass line and, and drums. It's just, it's amazing. Um, it's kind of like funk rock psychedelia all at the same time, wrapped into one. So obviously, you know, there's massive guitar solos in it. Uh, it's full on Hendrix at his, you know, at his best. And then obviously we'd get, you know, Jimmy Page out there with John Squire. <laughs> the three of them, obviously, you know, having their own little kind of adventures in sound doing their own styles to Easy Rider as it kind of goes into a ginormous kind of outro um, with you know with, with obviously all the other artists but yeah it, it just it's, it, it, was, it was impossible to, to, to decide until I kind of flicked through some music today even just this morning and I just went that's the one Easy Rider done <laughs> great choice great choice so Easy Rider by Jimi Hendrix is the encore so the five acts will come out and perform that like you've said we're not having a flyer so there's no sentence you either take it or leave it so we're not doing that so I think it's time to probably summarise your Fantastival and lock it in so you were calling your Fantastival the Stonefest it's going to be taking place in Iceland in the Golfus Waterfalls is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah we're doing that so your five acts so your opening act will be the Stone Roses, Super Second Slot, we're having Beck, Midway Madness Slot, James Brown, pre-headline slot, Led Zeppelin, and to headline your Fantastival, we're having Jimmy 
Hendrix. The album that's played is going to be put open to the public vote. When you walk into the Fantastical, you will get an option to choose your album, and it could be any album by any of those acts. And the encore is going to be Easy Rider. Dan, are you happy with your lineup? Because once you say yes, that is it. The Fantastical gets locked into the Fantastical Gates of Heaven. I'm signed, still delivered, done. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait to go. How do we make this happen? Amazing. I'm not too sure, but we will we'll get on it. We'll get on it. So, like, a few people are dead, yeah. <laughs> so like I mentioned, I had five names on my list. I've got a respectable two out of five tonight. So I had oh, nice. Stone Roses, I had Led Zeppelin, the three who didn't come off. I had Johnny Winter for some reason. Ooh. Yeah, no, no, no. I was Johnny. Johnny Winter was. I did see Johnny Winter. He was. He was. He was virtually dead, if I'm honest, when we saw him because he was so old. He got wheeled out in a wheelchair. Uh, and he could still play, but um, yeah, he he was he was he wasn't looking good. <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> I thought Johnny Winter might sneak it. I had the Cure because I know you love them and I know you've seen them. So, so actually, that's one of Lucy's, my wife's favourite. The Cure. We actually did see the Cure at Wembley, um, Wembley Arena, uh, a good few years back. Um, sound was awful. I mean, Wembley Arena is awful for, yeah. for sound, but yeah, I. I I, I, I do like Cure, but yeah, that's 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 Lucy's, definitely. I thought she might have infiltrated your Fantastical, but well done for, for, for keeping solid. Um, and the last act I had for you, and I wasn't sure, I had, I wrote down Cream, because I thought you might try and sneak Cream in there. Oh, well, that's, that's the thing, that's why, in, in a way, that's why I was saying Hendrix yeah. and Sunshine of Your Love and stuff like that, um, and Clapton would come out. But yeah, Cream was, yeah, it was it was... It was near, nearly going to be on my list, but didn't quite make it. I'm happy with two out of five. That's that is a, great. A joint personal best. You picked some fantastic and some wonderful acts. So I think it's time to say that is it. And thank you for listening to the 11th episode of the Fantastical Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast this evening or this morning or this afternoon, please subscribe. Give the Fantastical Podcast a review on iTunes. Give us a follow on Spotify or Anchor and please recommend this podcast to all of your friends and families we are on Twitter and you can follow us at P, and you can also email us at fantasticalpodcast.outlook.com as we'd love to hear from you we say it every week but fortunately on podcasts you can't really play music but if Dan has inspired you to go and find any of these artists go on Spotify check them out or go on hmv.com go and buy some of their classic albums by any of these acts some great albums mentioned tonight well worth a punt on your Spotify or online uh, and also we have a Fantastical Spotify playlist so go on Spotify type in Fantastical Podcast and you'll get a Fantastical playlist that has two acts from each of the artists who have been picked from everyone's Fantastivals which Dan's act will be added very shortly to the playlist so a huge thank you to my 11th Fantastical Podcast friend Mr. Daniel Stone. Dan, I thought you were great uh, this evening. How did you find it? Oh, I loved it. It was awesome. I mean, the, mo- the moment you came up with this idea, if I'm honest, I was completely bricking it because <laughs> I was like, how on earth am I ever going to work out who these people are? Because it is just such, you know, there's just so much music out there that, you know, uh, so so I, I've absolutely loved it. I, I there's, two, there's two things I... I so two two my final thoughts on it. So firstly, who's going to do a podcast with you, <laughs> so you can do your uh, your fantastical? And second, I'd love to do it. You know, we're all forty. Let's do it in ten years' time and see actually if we come up with the same artists. Love it, absolutely. Rob Myers is already doing a hundred and eight for a blues fest that we've already kind of arranged in a hundred episodes when we're fifty. Amazing. Let's do it again. In terms of my Fantastival, I think that'll be the final ever Fantastival episode <laughs> and go out with a bang. But for the time being, I'm happy awesome. to cop out of doing my lineup because it's consistently changing all the time. So, Dan, thanks again. I think you've been great, great acts, great talking about your passion and your musical experiences so i'll be back soon with episode number 12 so please make sure to join me but until then stay safe my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical